Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Christopher Shade. He is founder and CEO of Quicksilver Scientific. We're going to talk to him about the work they do formulating cannabis products using the products of the cannabis plant, as well as other additives, other things that are out there that enhance everything from neurotransmitter enhancement to other plant-based elements that will help really create great products based on what people are looking for, based on the effects that people want. And there's a real science behind this and really kind of understanding how these things integrate, interact, and bringing together you know, holistic medicine, integrative medicine to understand how to create products that are really going to meet market needs. And I'm excited this because I think this is really the next generation of cannabis, like we're getting away from or we're, we're expanding beyond just the base plant itself to really understanding the components of it and how we can use it in different formulations. So it should be a really interesting conversation. With that, Christopher, welcome to the program. Oh, thank Thank you very much, Bruce. Uh, I'm happy to be here, and especially since the whole topic of this is outside the bud, and yeah. you know how do we use the components in the in the cannabis plant with all the components that we use in natural medicine? 
Yeah, exactly. So let's start with background. How did you get into this space? Is this, you know, something that you, you know, in kindergarten, you knew you were going to be, you know, a scientist in the cannabis world? What was the story that got you here? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a more classical thing. You know, in college, I started growing really good bud indoors. Uh, so this is like 89, I started doing indoor hydroponic organic ebb and flood systems with Amsterdam seeds. And it's one thing to be doing that like in California, but this was Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It was a steel town. <laughs> Not the easiest place to grow. <laughs> no, no. I was very ahead of my time and, and very in danger. I mean, those are the, you know, Reagan Bush yeah. times of uh, just say no and, and serious prohibition. And yeah. that actually doing that led me into this fascination with growing plants and especially organic growth. And then I took this detour into being an organic farmer. I was an organic biodynamic farmer, you know, vegetable guy up in the Northeast. And, uh, you know, I spent a couple of years doing that. And then that sort of window closed. And I ended up going back to grad school and started looking at uh, environmental science and environmental toxicology. I got a PhD around mercury as a toxin in the environment and in people. Patented some testing for that. And then started a company doing testing of toxins in people and then that led me to developing systems for detoxifying people and that led me to advanced delivery systems for getting different what are called nutraceuticals into the body and this could be compounds you know, biochemical compounds from the body it could be amino acids it could be vitamins it could be botanical extracts it could be purifications of botanical extracts and how do you get those in. And right about then, as I, I got good with my delivery systems, you know, advanced bioavailability, that's when CBD popped up on the radar. And that's when legalization of THC started. So I started applying that technology to CBD and then THC, and then got so good at the delivery systems that we started expanding out. And then came this idea of how you start putting together your cannabinoids with your other compounds that you're using in what's called functional medicine and integrative medicine. And those are just sort of the evolutions of naturopathy and natural medicine. Interesting. And we talk about delivery system. What are we like what is this about for those folks that are listening here that that you know haven't been exposed to kind of all the complications of right, what it, what it right. means? Just, just give us a breakdown of like why this is important and what happens when you go from kind of a plant product to actually actually, you know, getting into your getting into your system and having efficacy. Right. So a delivery system is any way to get compounds from outside of your body to inside of your body. So in cannabinoids, the original delivery system was smoking them, you know, rolling a joint and smoking it. That evolved those inhalation deliveries then evolved into getting oils out and, well, first vaporizing the bud, then vaporizing, you know, butane oils and vaporizing distillates and that line. And then edibles evolve from the brownie and the, and the yeah. butter into starting to take compounds out of the plant and mix them into, say, oils or grinding up the plant and putting it into capsules. So a capsule is a delivery method. The oil, like taking MCT oil, and having your purified CBD or THC in that was sort of the next generation. And then you get into the kind of things that we do. And these are nanotechnologies for delivery 
of basically emulsion. So on a simple level, like when you make a salad dressing, you've Mm -hmm. got oil and water blended together and you might put some egg or mustard in there to help those keep from coming apart. But there's still big droplets of oil. Now what we do is we make those oil droplets down on a nanoscale. So a nanometer is a millionth of a millimeter. So these are super, super small droplets. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, what we do is in the 20 to 40 nanometer range and they're so small that when you put them in the oral cavity, they start diffusing right through the oral cavity into the capillaries, right under the skin. And then what you swallow absorbs in the stomach and upper GI. And what that gives you is something that's missing in consumption of cannabinoids. It gives you immediacy. Like Mm -hmm. we can measure this in the blood in two minutes. And it gives you high bioavailability. So you'll get anywhere from six to tenfold more absorption of of, say, CBD, and you'll get it really fast. So this won't be going on, you know, you won't be absorbing over three hours in and several hours out, which is more of a big deal with THC. It's just the endlessness of it. And so you get those relief effects right away. And in the medicinal side, that's relief from some sort of inflammatory problem or pain problem. And on the recreational side, it's having kinetics like onset and offset that are more similar to alcohol or, you know, not quite as fast as smoking or, or vaporizing, but yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because in smoking, we're going directly you know, from the, basically the lung to the brain almost instantaneously. But if we're ingesting, we've got to travel the entire GI and get absorbed and go through the liver and all these things. So, so these end up becoming quite different, you know, kind of modes of consumption or modes of effectiveness because of it. How does the skin work? So you mentioned the sort of oral tinctures and stuff yeah. that, that get absorbed right in the mouth. Or are these balms and stuff that, you know, people are, are putting onto the market? I mean, I'm assuming the absorption through the skin has some kind of challenges, you know, how does, I mean, compare and contrast sort of the different modes of, you know, we we always have this joke in cannabis, like if there's a hole or a surface, I'll figure out how to get cannabis in it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, what are the basic ways, you know, when you look at all the different ways you can consume cannabis, break it down for us and how those, how they're different. Well, you know, if we want to do them all, all right, so, (laughs) so then your topicals, okay, so, so. What we were talking about before in edibles and smokables and then the nanos, those are to get systemic absorption. Now, we're not really looking to stop pain in your teeth. We're looking to get it into the blood and have that systemic effect. Now, when you go to a topical, you're going much more strongly into a localized effect. So I, I just, I've got inflammation in my elbow or I just hit my elbow or I was playing sports and it hurts. Yeah. I'm going to rub some balm on there. And most of that, is going to be a localized effect. It's going to bleed its way in through the skin into the areas around there and deal with some of the inflammatory pain there. But some will go systemic as well. In fact, we're working on a couple of different topicals, some for more cosmetic application, some to sort of get in and circulate more. And so there is that possibility, especially if you're rubbing it over an area where there's a lot of vascular supply, there's a lot of blood vessels, then you're going to get a little bit more systemic delivery. But yeah, like you said, you know, they tried to get it everywhere. You know, Foria is a good example. (laughs) What are the different places you can put this stuff into? 
Yeah. But they all, I mean, in the end, they all have these challenges of I've got to figure out how to, I've got to somehow get into the body, right? Either I have to go through the skin, I've got to go through the GI, I've got to go through the lungs. And, and A, how long does that process take? So you're mentioning kind of the kinetics of it, you know, what's yeah. the onset time? And B, what is the actual absorption? So I'm assuming, you know, depending on these modes, you actually have a loss or you only have a certain percentage of, of the yeah. chemical of the molecule actually making it to a, the yeah. final destination. Like, CBD, you know, it's somewhere 6 to 10% of the CBD gets absorbed in the GI, and it's taking forever to get in there. THC is a little higher, you know, maybe it's like more like 15%, so it's a little bit better. But the whole kinetics of onset and offset, like you got to get it in and then you got to get it out. And, you know, if we injected it all into you and put it all in at once, it would still take a couple of hours to get it out. Now switch to an edible and you're eating this thing and you're absorbing it over maybe six hours. Yeah. And then if from the last moment of absorption, you still got another three, four hours to get out. I, I saw one data set where people took this really big brownie and it took eight hours to get the peak dosage wow. and 24 hours to clear out. Wow. <laughs> so you're really signing up for this something. This is a commitment. There. This is a commitment. Um, that is a commitment. And you uh, know, when Molson Coors came to us, they wanted something that was more like alcohol. So to yeah. be more like alcohol, we had to get it all in pretty quickly and then let it go off on its own time course. And we ended up successful with that by making these nano emulsions that they could put into the beverages. And they were just that rapid at absorbing once they got to the stomach. Yeah. And I know there's something, I mean, I, I can't remember the exact science, but ingesting, it's a different chemical pathway to actually affect versus smoking in that I know that an edible is, ends up being much stronger, has a lot more Weirder. effectiveness. Yeah. So, what, and give us some insights. The other part of it is that depending on how you're taking it, how it ends up affecting you can be quite different. Yeah. So that is. So there's delta nine THC, and that's your. your that's what everybody talks about. Yeah. But when that goes through the liver, it turns into eleven hydroxy THC. Eleven hydroxy THC takes a lot longer to clear and is a much sort of weirder, trippier, sleepier high. Yeah. And but. People do this at different rates. Some convert a lot to 11-hydroxy, some convert less according to their genetics. But then for anyone at whatever their level is, much more of that is going to turn into 11-hydroxy when you eat it because of something called first-pass metabolism. When you absorb things through the GI tract, there's an assumption in your architecture as a human that there's going to be a lot of toxins in there. So everything goes across the GI tract into the blood and then goes right to the liver and things are filtered out that are bad or converted as they go through the liver. And so when all the THC goes through the stomach, it all goes through the liver before it goes anywhere else. And that's where this conversion to 11-hydroxy takes place. Whereas if you inhale, you go from the lungs to the blood and then that just circulates freely and slowly you have this conversion as that blood circulates through the liver. Now with the intraoral, these sort of sublingual deliveries that we make, mm -hmm. and even when the nano delivery is in the GI, it bypasses the liver to a great extent. So you have less of this formation of this heavier, trippier stuff, and the high is more like smoking and less like your traditional edible. 
Interesting. So you actually kind of dial in the experience based on sort of the technology that you're using for for delivering this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and again, we kind of thread the needle between that like hyper immediacy of smoking, uh-huh. where the blood levels are going to peak in five to ten minutes after the inhalation, and that ultra long commitment of eating. So our peak in the blood is between fifteen and thirty minutes, and the peak experience is more like forty to sixty minutes, and the del- delay there is crossing the blood-brain barrier. And all of the, you know, a lot of the experiences of the high are are things that aren't totally related to to the peak blood level. It's a, you know, that's not exactly when the peak high is. And these are things that we're just starting to understand about how we modify neurotransmission when uh, the cannabinoids get into our brain. Yeah. And so let's talk about some of the other things that you add, you know, the cannabinoids in terms of other effects or things that are uh, you know, will help the process you're trying to, you know, enable or, you know, add to the process in different ways. I mean, give us a sense of the things you've looked at and the effects that you're looking to create. Yeah. So the overarching thing is, you know, people talk about the entourage effect. Oh, yeah. you know, the sum of the terpenes and the cannabinoids, you know, greater the sum of its parts. And, and that's totally true. And the thing is, why stop at one plant for your entourage effect? You know, what if you, you know, took your whole garden of stuff and started blending yeah. it together? You got a lot other things that can help just like a terpene one terpene will be sleepier one terpene will be more enlivening all these other compounds and first i want to say just this little history lesson of how we make natural medicines now you know go back to the 70s and yeah there was a couple of vitamins out there and the rest of it was just like whole plants like chop this shit up and make a tea out of it and you're going to get some of these compounds out and you're going to have some effects and then as we moved into the 80s 90s these 2000s, we started isolating things like curcumin from turmeric, like resveratrol from grape extracts, oh, yeah, and taking the these, yeah. yeah, and taking these yeah. purified compounds, and you know, and seeing what they do and how powerful they are alone. And then there'll be some blending back of broader whole plant extracts for all of the sort of entouragey things that they do. So. Cannabinoids have gone through this too. It was, you know, grow your plant, chop it up. You know, the most, you know, advanced thing that you do is soak it in some butter and extract out the THC. But, you know, most of you are using whole plant. Now, you know, we're taking a big ethanol extract and then we're distilling it. We're getting individual cannabinoids. So, those are at the, the point at which we've gotten to with with all of this functional medicine. So now we're going to start blending all this from the different worlds together. So what we've done in, uh, in Quicksilver Scientific CBD Synergies line, like when we want a sleep formula, we'll, now we're not using THC, but we're licensing some of this out, but we, we'll use a full spectrum CBD, so it'll have a little bit of THC. Then we'll add in the hormone melatonin, the sleep hormone. We'll add the serotonin precursor 5-HTP, and then we'll add a neurotransmitter called GABA, which is a calming neurotransmitter, and then some whole plant extracts. We use skullcap, passionflower, and chamomile, and there we have a really good entourage. Plus, we have a terpene blend. You know, when you do these purifications of the cannabinoids, you lose all your terpenes. So then you usually end up taking food-grade terpenes and making 
making a blend, putting those back together, and that's what we do. We have an 11 terpene, well, roughly 11 terpene blend. The different formulas, we modify them a little bit, like there's more linalool in the stress and sleep formula, and the general ones have a little bit more uh, limonene because it's more energizing. Then we did one just for stress, and we have less of a focus on sleepy things and more of a focus on anxiolytics. We have a pain formula, CBD Synergies PN, and that combines full-spectrum CBD with curcumin, boswellia, and a big dose of the terpene beta-caryophyllin. So you can see this bigger palette that we're drawing from in making these. And then with some of our THC partners, like Trust Beverage Company, the joint venture between Hexo Cannabis and Molson Coors in, in Canada, they're making RTD beverages and beverage additives using some of the different herbals and terpene blends that we have, but then they're using CBD THC ratios. And then Juana in Colorado here are making intraoral fast-acting tinctures, and their first range is just simple terpene blends and simple cannabinoid ratios, but the second generation will incorporate all of these different aspects of the broader palette from natural medicine. Yeah, yeah, we actually had Nancy on the program just a little while ago, so ah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, kind of seeing how the brands are kind of now kind of becoming more sophisticated. I guess more yeah. targeted around really what kind of. For me, it's interesting from a product strategy point of view because they're really dialing in what do customers want, like what is the end effect that is desirable in our different market segments, and how do we craft formulations and products? Uh, you know, not only in terms of the um, the underlying uh, you know molecules, but the form factors and delivery mechanisms and things like that. It's becoming yeah, really that, much more sophisticated. Oh, yeah. I mean, when it just sort of opened up here in Colorado, I remember I was like, hey, look at these great nano emulsions. They act yeah. you know, right away on you. And everybody's like, just give me the bud. I'm just yeah. so <laughs> freaking happy that I can buy legal weed. And, you know, just getting people over having legal weed took this many years. And now yeah. they're thinking, oh, there's a lot we can do with this. Yeah. And I don't have to look like a freaking, you know, college kid sneaking out yeah. back with a joint. I could just open this bottle and put a couple drops in and, and sail away. Yeah. So, I mean, the combinatorial like, uh, complexity here seems overwhelming. I mean, how do you go from kind of all these different kind of options and, and combinations and permutations of things down to, oh, okay, look, I, this is the effect I want. So, I mean, I, I imagine some kind of mad scientist laboratory where he's like, oh, we're going to take, you know, two parts of this and three parts of that, and then you're going to try <laughs> it and see what happens. I mean, what what does this process look like in terms of putting together these products and coming up with these formulations? Well, you know, it's two parts mad scientist uh, laboratory and, uh, you know, one part sophisticated uh, science thing, you know, or maybe it's the other way around. But, you know, here, like, because we're a medical group originally, we're not a cannabis group. And so in my bullpen here, and we sell the doctors, so I have a number of, I, I've got a naturopath, I have a Chinese medicine guy, and myself on staff is all clinical outreach. And we have a lot of herbology background, and we have a lot of background in 
all of the different compounds from functional medicine. This is what we do. And so when we talk with Nancy and, and Mike Hennessy at Wano, we're like, well, all right, what do you want? You want an up? You want a down? You want a sideways? Where are we trying to get people to? And then we know what from our palette we can use. You know, what colors are going to work on this? And then we take that into R&D. We know about the chemicals, you know, and which ones are going to work together generally. And then we got to get our paws on it and start doing the blends and see, well, how much of this can I get in before it destabilizes it? Because remember, we got to make these perfect little nanospheres and they got to pack all these chemicals in there. So the chemicals got to get along and they got to play well with the particle. And so then we see what's going to work and what's not going to work. And then we try different ratios and, and we come down through the funnel to a working product. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because it's, um, I imagine that there's a certain amount of, you know, beforehand, or you have a pretty good idea of beforehand of how a thing, what the effect is going to be with certain combinations, but then there's a certain amount of, we got to try it. Like we actually yeah. have to put it in the process and actually measure. Uh, how do you measure the results? I mean, are you, do you get volunteers to come in and like you put them into a room and, you know, measure the effects and have them fill out surveys? I mean, what's the process look like? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a whole mixture of different things. I mean, my R&D staff are very Colorado. Just let me say that. Yeah. They are no strangers to cannabinoids over there and nor am I. And so we start trying it and then we have all this sophisticated blood measurement equipment for, and that's one of the differentiators is we can just go into our lab, we can measure what your blood levels of the different cannabinoids yeah. are, you know, and that's really hard to do. And we can measure all the other compounds and we can make sure that they're going at the same rates. And then actually we'll bring in a cohort of people and have them try it and give us subjective experiences. And we did this with uh, Molson Coors, you know, how are you feeling? Happy, sad, otherwise? And because, you know, there's so much individuation on the effects. So we start amongst the tribe here, we get some data, then we bring in more of the public, we have other people go out and try it until we got a nice consensus that we're hitting the right buttons. Yeah. So you're masters of formulation, working with these brands, working with these companies to help them come up with products. Where do you see kind of the trends going in terms of the types of products, types of applications? I mean, what's been kind of you know trending over the last year or two? And where do you think kind of future types of product, where do you anticipate yeah. you kind of developing more products in, in terms of general consumer? Yeah. So faster acting was been a huge thing. Finally, people are like, okay, we're done with all this smoky stuff. And and we want these things that go in through the mouth, but we don't want them to take so far, take yeah. so long. So it's like, thank God, like I've been waiting for this time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Wana even has fast acting gummies. And so the fast acting is a definite thing that'll be here to stay. And so we're right at the forefront of that. But then people are like, all right, now I want to tune my high or yeah. tune the effect. And, you know, the first generation of that is just, you know, simple ratios of cannabinoids and some terpenes. And now as we get into using the different compounds, like, you know, say I want you to have a more uplifting high, you know, I can put uh, vitamin B12, it's a very uplifting B vitamin, and I could put some neurotransmitters that are more stimulating neurotransmitters and maybe some guarana, some uh, caffeine-like thing in there to get you up and going. 
And then, you know, conversely, to bring you down, I'd mentioned before, there's different herbal compounds that are very sedating, like skullcap and passionflower and the, and the different uh, neurotransmitters. And so really, you know, we've already started doing that, but bringing that into the THC world, you get a much more powerful action when THC is a driver there. You know, for a little bit, I was starting to think, I don't think that it's terpenes modulating THC's high, I almost like to look at it like THC as a driver of the potential energies of the terpenes. Mm. And it's an interesting way to flip it over on its head. Yeah. yeah. So and developing all that out, is I, I, that's going to flesh out over the, over the next couple of years. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, some of this ends up being about your genetics and stuff. I mean, do you envision that at some point, you know, I could get online, enter, enter my genetics, Genetics, enter the outcome I want, and it would do a custom formulation as like Bruce's personal gummy formulation that would, you know, kind of take in all those yeah. factors, my desired outcome, my particular, the way I process some of these, right. you know, chemicals. Is that in the future? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely the dream of the genomics coming together with individualized medicine. There's definitely, I know some people who are now, they have what are called SNPs. That's your genetics. It's like little variations in your gene for cannabinoid receptors versus my gene for cannabinoid receptors. So maybe you barely have any and I have a ton. So just a little bit of cannabinoid just freaking rocks my world. And so they're just in the infancy of getting to know those genetics genetic variations, but that'll happen. They'll look at the variations in the toxin processing or, or you know, the, uh, the metabolites of it. And yeah, I mean, it very well could be, yeah, here's what you want for your cannabinoids and here's the other things you should blend with it to get the best effect. Yeah, it does seem like as we really kind of dial this stuff in, like the genetic side ends up becoming the biggest factor just because, you know, depending on, yeah, your, your receptors, you know, how you metabolize things, it ends up, that's going to be the big determiner at some point. I can't really dial these things in anymore because that is, that's such a variation in the population. Right. And we're yeah. going to have to learn how to upregulate and downregulate cannabinoid receptor what's the right word here it's it's like the it's i'm getting the wrong word here but it's like your manifestation so how many cannabinoid receptors do you express at any one time because what yeah. i've seen is these serious heavy heavy users especially ones who have been dabbers or taking just really high dose stuff what you do is down regulate your expression of those cannabinoid receptors so you actually have less of them so we already have this genetic up or down level like you you know i express more than you do naturally that's at steady state but then it's called epigenetics is what your exposures are doing to you and i've had a lot of people just say man i don't know what to do so i can get high without so many freaking grams of of uh you know dab so that's something that that we got to figure out a little bit too yeah I mean, that's what makes this space so interesting because it's, I mean, it's, you know, part of it's sort of product design, part of it's medicine, part of it's science, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah. so multifaceted. And where, I mean, in terms of the, uh, you know, adult use recreational versus medical side of this, like, how do you see this playing out? Because, I mean, you mentioned you came originally from kind of the medical side of things. Yeah. Is this really now focused on kind of the adult use or how do you see the medical application of cannabis kind of fitting into you know, the formulations and the work that you're doing? Oh, it's absolutely both. You you look at like, you know, a, a pain or inflammation relief formula. Yeah. That's, a, that's a medical thing. And, you know, people will get into more for neurological issues and that'll develop out more. Uh, and so in the beginning, I thought it was more 
I think I've teeter-tottered back and forth. At first, I was like, yeah, here, I'll just make this uh, sublingual so you can get high without smoking. Then I'm like, now I'm going to make all these medical things and blend in all these medical compounds and get really nice results. And then I'm like, back to like, oh, now I'm making drinks and I'm making drinks with the same onset and offset as alcohol. So I'm now on the recreational side. So I got a foot in both camps and, uh, and I believe in both camps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they certainly they they inform each other, right? Like learn, well, learning one side on the medical side, you know, you can take that over to the recreational side and vice versa. So absolutely, I mean, it's it's you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I got to do this. It forces me to break the barriers of thought I had before. Yeah. Shows me new stuff, and I'm like, oh wait, let me cycle that back over to there and solve this other problem I had on the other side. And uh, so I just look forward to it, just continuing to evolve. Yeah. And anything about, I mean, you know, we're still dealing with this kind of federal regulation issue and, uh, you know, people have talked about if and when we're going to get things descheduled. But is there anything in terms of the regulatory side that you see that would be really helpful, you know, or things if I gave you a magic wand and and you could change anything about the way this world works right now that you think would be really positive for the cannabis industry? Well, these regulatory bodies have to get more rapid about approving things. They have to get more pragmatic or not even improving things, but giving guidance. And they have to have a lot more understanding. They are underpowered in their scientific and medical understanding and overpowered in their bureaucracy. Now, I will cite the greatest offender in the universe, and I know it's the universe because nowhere in the universe could anyone be as bad as Health Canada. Health Canada (laughs) is just a permanent blockade to development and sales. They have crippled that industry up there. You know, the collaborations we have or have tried to do up there with all of the different big LPs up there have gotten, have just been, so many of them have just been derailed by Health Canada for just the dumbest nonsensical stuff that is just strictly bureaucratic. And ethanol is one of the biggest problems in this world in my world where we're trying to develop these advanced oral delivers because we end up using ethanol to dissolve different things, to to help preserve things. It ends up being a huge thing. And what they did is they lumped in ethanol with residual solvents like isopropanol and butane. I mean, basically, ethanol and butane are the same to them. And so they're looking at them as, as residual solvents from an extraction. When I got this totally pure extract, and I added the ethanol as an excipient in my process. And so even here in Colorado, where they're a little bit faster, the med has had a hard time just wrapping their heads around the use of ethanol as an excipient, which has been going on in natural medicine and tincturing for, you know, since (laughs) for hundreds of years. Yeah. Yes. It's it's one of the um, both challenging, but also, you know, it makes the industry just interesting (laughs) when you have all these funny regulations and, you know, state by state issues and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really, they're trying to do their best and state by state, they're, they're not doing a horrible job as bureaucracy goes. But Health Canada, with the amount of resources they have and how incredibly anti-business they've been, they get the worst in the universe award. (laughs) 
Uh, interesting. Christopher, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, about Quicksilver, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, quicksilverscientific.com. You can come and look there. We also have a YouTube channel where there's a lot of videos of me teaching on these different subjects. Uh, sign up for our newsletter, get an account. You'll hear all the new news. But you can look at our all of our different CBD products there, and there'll be little product videos where I talk about the different blends and, and why we do them. And so that's the place to find us. Awesome. I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes so people can click on and get that. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time today. Great conversation, great insights. I think it's really helpful for everyone listening Thanks here so in the cannabis space. I think there's some really good learning. So I appreciate you taking the time for this. Thanks so much, Bruce. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.